Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. Every day I get to help women rise and find their own healing despite their circumstances. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. If you're looking for just betrayal topics, catch me on my former podcast where there are four years of golden content, all for free at your fingertips. All right, let's do this. All right, here we go. I am honored and excited to to have a podcast like this um, because I've invited one of my friends, Mindy, to share her experience being the other woman. And I really didn't want to label her the other woman because she once was the other woman. She was also the once hurt in a marriage other woman. You know, we're all something and it doesn't label us, but it is a part of us. So I was the once betrayed. I'm not the betrayed. Um, anyways, Mindy, I'm so excited to have you. Let me tell people who you are. Uh, she's been on the podcast before. Uh, so you may recognize her from that, but Mindy is just a girl from solid pioneer stock who is blazing her own trail across Utah. She lives in St. George, which is my hometown with her trophy husband, Colt and her dog, Kitty. She advocates for and educates about plant psychedelic and empath. I can never say it. Empathogen. Empathogen. Yeah. Empathogen medicines and mental health. You can find her at Plant Medicine Pioneer on Facebook and Instagram. And I will definitely put her stuff in the show notes. Um, we're not talking about plant medicine today, though. Uh, but it's played a role in your healing. And so um, I love that we get to talk about maybe the before, the before this version of Mindy, um, where you were. So, um, where do we even start? Where do we start? <laughs> so much to cover. Um, um can okay. I, I, I want to say this, uh, Mindy is, is brave enough to come on here knowing that some people may not even want to listen to this because they are hurt by the other woman. Um, She's also really good at sharing her story without throwing her former partner, husband under the bus. And so we want to honor him and the relationship they did have and all the positive things in that, but also the reality of their relationship and, and talk about some of those things of how, how one becomes the person who cheats. It's, it's, I've never heard someone say, I really went out and I planned to have an affair. It's right. something that happens and yeah, it's heartbreaking on both sides. And, um, there's a lot of shame and, oh, and gosh. unraveling. So, um, Mindy. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. First, I have to say, um, I'm thrilled that you asked me on again. I'm like, but are you a glutton for punishment? Is that what this is? <laughs> oh, oh, it's, and I know exactly that it's not, it's such it's so refreshing to be able to come and speak with you. I trust you a thousand percent. I love the work that you've been doing. And, you know, I've been your hugest fan since the Mormon mommy, mommy blogger days. And um, <laughs> I appreciate you 
helping articulate that, I've, I've worried a little bit about coming on here. I want to be so, so careful and so, um, uh, uh, what's the word, like cognizant or whatever of mm-hmm. how tricky this is and how betrayal affects everyone. And I don't want anyone to feel like I'd be um, making excuses or playing the blame game. Um, I'm hoping that by me being able to share my story with you and talk with you and have this dialogue that um, maybe we can you know, pull back. I don't know, there's lots of layers, I think that sometimes come with this, you know, that people, um, when you really unpack it all, there's just, it's very complex. It can be yes. super tricky. So, and yeah. it's so interesting to me because uh, as someone who was the once betrayed, you take it so personal. And it's hard not to take it personal, like, oh, it must be my fault, especially as a woman who's been betrayed. Sometimes men who've been betrayed, take it a little different. They're, they're a lot of times they're more angry that it happened. Um, but they don't go to that. It must've been me. Um, and the low self-worth and I'm not enough and I'll never be enough. But a lot of us women, that's where we go to. And I know you can relate in those things as well. And Yet I look at this and I think now that I've learned a lot more of both sides, there's just healing on both sides that needs to happen. It's not a, just stop doing it and let's not talk about it again. It's why on earth did this happen and what's underneath this point? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what are we really searching for? And, and the beautiful part is once a breach of trust happens in a relationship, we have really one way to go and it's up. And sometimes we end up together and sometimes we don't, but the healing for ourselves, no matter which side you're on can be absolutely beautiful. So let us begin. (laughs) Uh, Let's end the show. I think you said all we need to say. It's perfect. (laughs) So go heal no matter who you are. Okay. No, but really, um, you were married to, um, your first partner. He was, uh, my high school, um, sweetheart, um, just had so much love for him. He, and I, uh, waited for him while he was on his mission. He came home, we got engaged. Um, I thought that we were going to, I really did plan on us living the kind of the perfect Mormon life. You know, Mm -hmm. he was going to be the Bishop. I was going to be the young women's president. You know, we were going to live happily forever after. And um, and as we got into our marriage, there was, um, I could just, there was just something that was off and, and, and I tended to, um, take it upon myself to, or tried to figure out what it was. And, um, we, I, I found out, um, early into the marriage that there was some porn use and, and that it was affecting, um, him and me and I um I didn't want to shame him for it I knew that he was obviously this is such a hard thing I kind of went into protection mode but what we did mostly is we went into complete denial about it mm-hmm. complete denial. um I um it was too hard for me to wrap my head around and and maybe I I didn't want to I think and so we just put it out you know we decided it wasn't going to be something we weren't going to let it affect us except as it affected us, you know, <laughs> over and over and over again. And um, um, as we were maybe about into our third year of marriage, there was a situation that came up between us that was just a real 
what's the word you said? A breach of trust? Breach of trust. That was really hard uh, for both of us. But um, as I, now that I have the language and that I have the ability to articulate and see what things were, whatever, um, I realized that 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 breach of trust changed the way I viewed our relationship like in its entirety. Um, I feel like I kind of moved from a, a husband-wife relationship almost to a, 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 he was my best friend. I enjoyed spending time with him. We had, we had, you know, a child together, but it was, he was more of a father figure almost. I'd say at that point, we kind of moved into that. It was a little bit of a strange dynamic, but we, um, like cohabitating you what? cohabitating or okay no it was definitely I want to say it was more than that I loved spending time with my former husband we enjoyed traveling we ended up having another three kids together we um always got along I I, I loved um I really felt like I could talk to him about a lot of things like we had connection there um it's just that romantic connection that husband wife um connection that I told myself uh, wasn't maybe that important. Um, that was gone. And, um, I didn't realize maybe how important it was until I feel like I started, um, it started bleeding out of me, I guess, for lack of better terms, as we uh, move further into our marriage and more into denial about what was going on. Um, I, um, I had my first affair and, um, and it was with uh, it was with a, a friend's husband. Um, I uh, I was never the person that was I was never on Tinder or um, looking for dates or out of the bars with my friends or even if we went to I both my friends sometimes Las Vegas and with when we just have a girls trip and if we were out and about I was the one saying nobody's giving anybody any numbers you know everyone's married like we we're all gonna go back to the hotel room I was kind of like gathering people up uh, it really was what I was doing but. So I feel like I, um, I uh, wasn't looking for it, but again, now that I can see my past and what was happening, I think I was kind of always looking for it, if that makes sense, or I was looking for that connection. I wanted to connect. It didn't have to be sexually. It could be emotionally. It could be um, over music. It could be, you know, um, over uh, things that they were into that I was too. It just, I was looking for this connection that I was lacking with my partner. And, um, I, I remember saying to a friend, like, I didn't understand why this was happening or why I was making these choices. Was I just a bad person? Um, was I just morally bankrupt? Like, I remember thinking maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm just this horrible person that has no problems, you know, making these choices and kind of compartmentalizing, but I couldn't compartmentalize. I was an absolute wreck. I, my, children were going through it. My ex-husband was going through it. It just, I was, I was a real wreck. I just, um, I think the denial ended up, um, nearly killing me and killing my ex-husband. I mean, it was, it was rough, rough. So no conversations, no hard conversations, just, I so know that feeling of if we ignore it will go away. Right. And my feelings, my anger, my hurt. And I didn't even have, like you said, the words to understand how hurt I was. I just, I knew I was mad. (laughs) 
Um, right. and, and I have plenty of women that I've gotten to mentor who've been both the betrayed and then the betrayer. And I know it's, it's a mixed bag of emotion of why, why does this happen? And, um, I appreciate you saying like, it's something that maybe you didn't realize before, but you were always looking for. And the interesting thing about betrayal affairs, things it can look so different for everyone. And so, uh, you know, the women that I get to work with, it is sometimes confusing for people who maybe didn't grow up how we did, or who are just, you know, um, a lot more open than how we were raised. And so for me, the porn use absolutely felt like betrayal because my partner was looking at other women and enjoying that and not coming to me. And it was secret. And so the betrayal lies in the lies and the secrecy. Um, there's also, like you said, emotional affairs. And this one is tricky because a lot of, I've had a lot of women, um, the first affair that I experienced in my first marriage was, I like I say first marriage, but I've actually been married once. <laughs> so my <Yeah>. only marriage, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, but it was an emotional affair. And I remember being heartbroken, like, okay, I know you're looking at porn for the physical, and now you're talking to this woman and you're connecting on this emotional level that leaves nothing for me. Like where, what part of you do I get? And it, of course I took a personal because he doesn't want me physically and he doesn't want me emotionally. So what is there of me? There's not much. So I'll just go to work and I'll just do my own thing. <laughs> That's what I did. Every time um, I can happen. Yes. And I'll achieve anywhere else that I can. Absolutely. A very full social schedule, um, <laughs> yes. traveling, you know, planning parties, uh, spending time with our friends. I was, I had to go, go, go in order to not, when I Number. stopped, ooh, it got way too hard. And, you know, I, I do, again, I'm speaking only from my personal experience. And I realize this is not how every affair um, happens or um, plays out. But for me, I think it's important even for some women out there to hear that you don't, I didn't wake up one morning and say, time to go wreck some homes, I, you know, because that's the last thing, you know, it's for me, it was a very slow um, path, kind of a seduction type thing almost, you know, I, I got, um, it started out for me with a little attention from um, somebody in the opposite sex and that felt intoxicating, right? I was mm -hmm. getting something, even though I got, um, my husband was my ex-husband or my former partner husband was always very, um, very sweet and, and very loving and took care of me and um, was very uh, complimentary. But but I was still missing that. That spark, that uh, that desire that, you know, it was completely shut down with my then husband. And so. I really, it, it was almost like a drug for me. Like here mm -hmm. was this um, attention and then you'd go a little further with it. And maybe the next time it'd be a comment and then you go a little further and maybe next time it might be like, do you want to exchange phone numbers, you know, and then it's texting. And then pretty soon it's, you know, so for me, it was a slippery slope and it started out. I would have never thought that I could do it. And then 
here I was at the end doing it. And even further in my story, you know, because I didn't have just one affair. I mean, it was multiple. I, mm-hmm. I, um, and then uh, we'd, I'd have it and then eventually obviously get caught or I'd feel guilty and confess. And then we would um, not address any of the problems or um, we had a counselor, but it was more almost like a life coach, I'd say. And we never really worked on anything hard. I didn't realize until I got with my current therapist who, where I did real work, I mean, like therapy's hard, you know, and yeah. we, we just didn't do, we didn't do anything to fix it. I think was part of us um, rooting ourselves firmly in that denial. Um, yeah. And so we'd get through the next crisis and, or my next affair or whatever horrible thing would be happening in our family because it was like a snowball. I mean, and it just kind of kept gathering speed and momentum and, I would hate myself and uh, say that I, you know, try and recommit and I'd wanted to be with my family. But um, a lot of that was still me heavily in denial of the fact that my relationship wasn't functional and wasn't really truly a husband wife relationship. It hadn't been for years and years and years, but mm-hmm. I didn't have those words. Ashlyn. I couldn't, yeah. I, I don't think I, I didn't, I didn't grasp that until years after I later when I'd left him and done my work. So, yeah. Well, in the hindsight is always 2020. So I remember, you know, the beginning of your story and the beginning of my story is very similar. And it was very easy for me to point fingers and say, well, I feel the way I feel because you and what you're doing when, you know, I'm hearing you describe, like all of a sudden all these walls come up and you're just shutting down different parts of yourself. And so now I see you know, like, well, yeah, it didn't make it okay for him to do what he did, but I can understand that as small breaches of trust were made and the bigger ones came, I just was shut down in so many different ways. There wasn't a lot of intimacy outside of sex. And that may sound confusing, but there's just so many different layers of intimacy and we were skipping all of them. Because why would we want to connect at that point? We were, I mean, he had walls, I had walls and it was like, Um, and we did try different therapies and um, I was so shut down and unaware of my own emotion that it wasn't helpful for many years until we found specialized help that was, you know, directed at betrayal and addiction. And we could really start to dive into our own work. And then it was like, oh, dang it. I was so mad that I was here and compelled to, to work on myself, but wow, there's so much inside of me that I need to heal. And so now I look at it and I'm, it's dumb. It's that I'm grateful for this thing. I'm not grateful that he hurt things, but I am grateful that he compelled me to make change within myself. And, um, that's what I wrote on his birthday card <laughs> the other day. It was like, I am grateful for the role that you played in compelling me to make change because that's true. And in a way it was, even though it was a brutal gift, yes, it was a gift. It's been um, a gift. Brutally, brutally wrapped obviously. And, and, and I remember talking with you a little bit in those first months back and forth on Instagram. We never um, gave words to it yet until you were ready, but I knew I knew immediately. I just, I knew, and you recognize the feeling coming through, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that betrayal. And it's just, 
so rough. And, you know, I, I had a lot of, um, I always felt like I had a lot of intimacy with my former partner as far as feeling really comfortable. Um, we did a lot of snuggling, you know, we again, enjoyed each other's company. We traveled and did so many fun things and we went to concerts. There were so many ways that I felt like we did connect that I would say, well, look, we're connecting in all of these other areas. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and I even had someone tell me, you've got to focus on the things, you know, the things you, the areas where you do connect. Mm -hmm. The problem for me is I was so trying to be like, yeah, yeah, we can focus on these, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch this humongous elephant that's behind me. That's, you know, the real issue that neither one of us are really willing to have that hard conversation. And, you know, I met my, um, so my current husband now Colt, he's love of my life, but we met when we were both married to other people and we decided to, um, to leave and, and try to be together, but we left behind this, like I said, this huge swath of destruction, you know, mm-hmm. real families, uh, hurt children, ex, you know, our spouses, just all this hurt and pain. And it was a real, um, leap for me at the time because it was so scary. And what I, what I knew is this, even though it was all turmoil and conflict and, I, I was literally killing myself and my family with all of these horrible choices that I'd be making and the next, you know, thing that would happen. Um, but I, once I finally made that scary leap and started working on healing with my now husband, because we both realized we had these issues. We had these big elephants that were falling behind us. We had to start working on that. And I will say um, when I first when I first got to my now counselor, um, her name's Ali Keen, she's amazing. And she helped me with so many things and helped me get the language to mm-hmm. be able to talk about what really was happening. Because for a while, I really couldn't even identify it, Ashley. And I really, I'd be like, I don't understand why, why would I cheat? Why would I have cheated? Mm-hmm. Um, I had, uh, there were so many other good things, right? Like, why would I have done that? But she helped me um, really come to terms with doing the work. And when I, when I first did come to her, I was in such a bad spot and I was losing my relationship with my girls. And I was like, you've got to fix my relationship with my girls. You got to help me fix this right now because I can't go any further. And she's like, we got to work on fixing you first. As long as you fix you first, that's like number one, everything else will figure out you'll figure it out. And I was like, no, I don't have time to fix me. Right. I don't know. Anybody but me. But once I listened to her and decided to fix me, I was, um, it was the hardest work I'd done, but it also gave me all the answers, not all the answers, but a lot of the answers to the questions that I, that maybe plagued me for a long time. Um, Denial is a real thing, right? And when you deny something long enough, and I was really good also at reframing, I was really good at making a new narrative, right? Mm. So I could take all of the best things about my former partner's life and I like, and, and, and amplify those, right? Like, here's all the greatest things, but I was writing this narrative that wasn't true, clearly, and and I was suffering from it, and then by extension, everybody else in my life, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, and one other kind of cool thing that helped me move from a stuck place after I had been doing my work for a couple of years and I came to the, to medicine, and medicine was a huge thing that helped me heal myself, heal my relationship with myself, with 
my family, even enhance my relationship with my husband now. But um, I was doing a, um, a mushroom ceremony with um, a facilitator. Her name is Amy Rossi and she's in Salt Lake and she's amazing. If anyone wants to look her up, she's met messages from the medicine on Instagram. But um, I had, in the medicine, I'd kind of gone into this poor me victimhood, kind of not victimhood, but I was like, what was I supposed to do? I was young in this relationship. I didn't know any better. I didn't have a college degree. I mean, I had a high school degree, right? I mm-hmm. had a young baby. I, you know, I, I, what else was I supposed to do? I was kind of stuck in this. Um, yeah. Like I, I couldn't have done anything else. And, and Amy, uh, finally, when I kind of got done, she said, are you ready now to step into being a conscious creator of your own life? She says, mm-hmm. you made the conscious decision. You were, you did create your life. You could have left that situation years ago, but you decided, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to keep having children, keep, you know, trying to make this thing work, you know? And she says, so when you can get to the point where you can own that and say, I was a conscious creator, I did choose this. She says, it will set you free. And right then all of a sudden it just clicked. And I was like, oh my gosh, I did choose this. And I did make these decisions. And now I'm able to move forward and not make them again. You know, I mean, one of my favorite quotes that I've read lately is the one that says, um, part of of deciding who you want to be is deciding who you'll never be again. Mm. And that has been so huge. I love that. Yeah. Part of who you want, knowing, I'll have to send it to you, but yeah, who you are is knowing who you never want to be again. Mm. And and that to me was so huge. I, um, when you're, when you're in this energy of secrecy, lies, um, even as I was telling myself, I was getting what I needed to stay in my, my relationship. This is what I thought. I, if I can, mm-hmm. I can get this somewhere else, I can still stay with, with my um, then husband. I can stay, keep this family together. I can, you know, we can keep doing this, but um, I don't know being able to finally choose um, myself and also own maybe what had happened was a huge, a huge shift for me, huge in moving forward. Thank you. And so beautiful. And I, I hope that the listeners are feeling hope in healing because what a beautiful thing that you just sharing like the pain of choosing cult and, and then leaving that dust and saying, you know what, we need to heal ourselves in order to make this work and to repair. And, and I don't know that many people choose that. And so I really love that. And I hope that people are listening um, because it is possible. And I think, you know, our marriages didn't continue on in repair, um, but I did a lot of repair in, in my marriage before we chose to divorce and our divorce was not over betrayal in the end. Um, but it's possible. It's possible to stay. It's possible to go. Both are hard and, and both require both parties doing the work. Um, I mean, you can go and the other person doesn't do the work, but you are going to need to find someone who's also doing the work. (laughs) I got so lucky with Colt being open to that too. Clearly he and I, we both realized with our patterns, our behavior, the things that, the things that have become 
sadly have become normal to us. Like as I look at now, from my standpoint now in a loving, committed whole relationship mm-hmm. that I have to work my ass off at every day. And so does he, but in that yeah. relationship, like it's, Oh wait, no, hold on. I'm having a senior moment. Where was I going with this? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I back it up? I'm trying to think about, Oh, Oh, being willing to do the work. Oh, so sorry. So we could see, yeah. um, being able to look back at it now, I'm horrified. Actually, I'm like horrified sometimes as I look back at choices I made, things I did, people I wronged. Um, I didn't have really any regard for anybody else. I think my pain and my mm-hmm. betrayal and my shame, and not again that this is any excuse because I take full accountability for all of my actions, but I think it blinded me yes. to blinded me to almost like how horrible these decisions were right I mean and I knew they were horrible but I still was making them and I was still choosing them over and over and over again and so being able to get with Colt and both of us say okay clearly we're broken and if we want to be able to move forward together and again I even realized you know I always had heard growing up that if a man marries his mistress he just leaves a vacancy in that position right and so mm-hmm. There's that, even that, that is, um, it's a cliche for a reason. I mean, generally two people who cheat can't find happiness together because they're still going to keep repeating that pattern. And that could have happened to us if we would have wanted to get better so bad. And also I, I finally felt with Colt what I've been searching for all these years. And, and it, it was almost spiritual, you know, and I wanted to be able to deserve that. Mm. And I knew that in order to do that, I had to right my wrongs. And, and I haven't been able to, to do all that. There's some people, obviously, that were part of the collateral damage that I might never be able to make amends to. And that's hard. But, but I know that even in doing something like this, I'm hoping that we can create a dialogue even for people to have maybe a, a little more understanding into it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you said, because I remember um, my former husband saying something similar. You said um, you were blinded to the wrongs that you were doing and it you, like no regard for other people. And I remember being so confused, like, are you not thinking of me? Are you not thinking of your job? Are you not thinking of all of these things that are on the line when you're choosing to do this? And he, he looked at me surprised, like, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I was definitely, I in, yeah. Like you're making your own decisions and, and it's, uh, it's secret. It's, it's these things. So yeah, it's not something that is personal against someone. Usually Um, it's, it's truly an act of through pain. We're acting in pain and trying trying to find generally even I, I feel like um, I feel like uh, I see in, in some people that cheat. Sometimes I think a lot of people think it's about sex and I, for me, I don't think, I, I think it couldn't have been further from the truth. It was about, I was clearly, I was lacking something, which I could have, if I would have known and had 
the right help. Maybe, I mean, we mm-hmm. can't go back and say what yeah. F would mean, you know, we can't, but I mean, perhaps there, it, it, there could have been something salvaged. But the fact is, is, I mean, we didn't, it was, you know, we got married in the early nineties. I mean, I, yeah. I, when I started taking Prozac after I had my second baby, I mean, you know, it was so hush hush. I mean, it was, I mean, it was yeah. in Utah, you know, I mean, we, little did I know, yeah, that um, that would be the least of my worries later, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, I think, like you say, hindsight's twenty twenty. but I also know that um, when you're, when there's something that you're not connecting with in your life, whatever it is, and you're disconnected, um, sometimes you're going to look for connection and all the wrong things, in places. the worst, yeah. literally the worst. Okay. So I have two questions to wrap things up. Um, the first question is, how do you protect your relationship now and honor it as a couple so that you don't do the things again? Um, counseling, counseling, counseling. <laughs> we, um, we have a great counselor. Uh, we still see her. Um, you, you always need a counselor. You always need somebody you can integrate with. I and mean, that's huge. The third party who's not emotionally invested and not going to pick sides. And who can also tell you, uh, you know, sometimes lovingly, sometimes, you know, <laughs> forcefully, yeah. here's, you know, here's what the reality is and the situation is, you know, and having that um, and having someone who holds our feet to the fire and makes us do the work. That's mm-hmm. huge. Number yeah. one. Um, number two, I'd say we work, we, we work on connecting all day long. We don't even have, I wouldn't say we have, I mean, there's some days you do have to work, but um I, he's still my favorite person. He's still the person that I put in a hundred percent of my energy. I um, feel bad that in my previous relationship, I was so torn between not torn, but like I didn't have enough time for anybody because I had too many plates spinning the air and, and everybody was suffering, but I'm able to put, put my full concentration onto Colts. He's, I mean, he's it, you know, it's, it's um, you're going to get, I think truly what I've learned is you're going to get out of your relationship exactly what you put into it. And even though in my former relationship, I was trying to put in some good things and so was he um, eventually the, the bad things that we're putting in and the secrecy um, that was what undid it all. So I would say the third thing is radical honesty, radical mm-hmm. honesty. Um, my former husband and I, um, once I realized he was keeping some secrets, then as I got into my own things, I kept secrets and we had so many secrets, so many secrets and secrets, I I think are definitely one of the things that, that can kill a marriage. I mean, they build up and they build up and they become bigger than the actual secret. And yeah, so radical honesty, it's been huge, huge. I love that. Um, okay. And what would you say to the person who's on both sides, since you can speak from both sides, the betrayed or the betrayer who may feel stuck or may feel overwhelmed at the beginning of doing the work? You mean like either being the betrayed uh-huh. or, the betrayer, or the... stepping into like doing work with a the therapist, like mm-hmm. um, what would be my like, advice? Sorry, like, yeah, just where do you even where would you say to start? Because I know it's, it's a puzzle piece for all of us to fit together different modalities to help. But I think that first step is gigantic. Oh my gosh. 
and it's scary and it's vulnerable and it's the unknown. And so nobody likes to take it. Um, I just talked to a girl um, who said the first time that she went to a group, so not my group, but a group through a therapist uh, for betrayal, she said, I threw up on the way there because just the emotion of like, okay, one, I called and I made an appointment. Now two, I actually have to go do it. And then like, what if somebody sees me and what if somebody knows my secret? And when we've been so protective and ashamed and secretive, unleashing that is incredibly vulnerable. For sure. Um, It helps um, obviously having a counselor or a trusted party that you trust, that you know um, will um, be honest with you, but also um, kind when they need to be. Sometimes it's, they have to baby step you into it a little bit, you know, but for me, again, the radical honesty, I was, when I finally came to wanting to fix myself and fix the situation, I had to be radically honest about what was wrong with me, right? Because generally all we can control is ourselves, right? I couldn't control my former partner. I couldn't, I don't want to control my now partner. All I control was, was me. So for me, it began with radical honesty. What I've done so far hasn't worked. Um, maybe everything I've done so far hasn't worked. I think it's hard for us to admit that sometimes or to be that vulnerable or to admit um, failure. But clearly, I mean, I was, I'm like, nothing's worked. Um, and I had to want it. I had to want it uh, enough that I wasn't scared anymore of being radically honest, of, of being completely vulnerable, of saying I was wrong. Um, I clearly didn't know how to how to do these things. I think maybe also giving yourself permission to be selfish a little bit and work on your healing and work on your um, sessions and work on your whether it's um, ART. I know that you've done some of that, right? And some yep. of these modalities. I've done medicine. Um, like I think being open to any of those modalities and is key to it too, because if you do all the same things you've always done, you're going to get all the same things you've always gotten. Right. So be fearless. I think it's so hard because you're so vulnerable, but for me, uh, what I was already living in was painful. And I, I, you have, sometimes you do have to be in enough pain too to, to really want to make the change. And that sucks too, but part of the most epic transformation sometimes epic. Epic. I like that. We are epic now. Um, thank you for this, Mindy. And I hope that um, whatever side you're on, maybe maybe you're just an observer of someone who's been in this position. Um, but being able to be a safe space, whether you are on either side or just observing is important um, because the steps ahead for healing are long. Um, but like you said, they're epic and, and truly the best worst club, like the best people, um, the deep souls, the heart connections that we all crave and want, but don't know how to get. That's what I have found in this decade of choosing this. So thank you. Let me just say, thank you for being such a beautiful and badass example of, <laughs> of taking your healing into your own hands and running with it. 
you uh, you have been such an inspiration and i i think i wouldn't even have been i truly do think i i don't know if i would have been as ready to embrace all of the change if i hadn't have seen you walk through some of it yourself mm. so love you you're sweet Thank you. Well, I love you and I appreciate you sharing so vulnerably today. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes, or you can share on social media or shoot me an email.